So you just had the launch of another Cinema Snob movie, and uh, I believe it went over very well. Can you tell me how well it went over? Incredibly well. Uh, We've had a great weekend for it. Um, We, uh, so far, because we've had, uh, two years ago we released a movie called Jesus Bro. At the time, that was the best weekend we had had. Before then, it was when we did the first Cinema Snob movie back in 2012, and this one so far is do it it's 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 on track to be the best to be overall the most watched best sell movies we've had it's already be the weekend that we had on uh uh on jesus bro a couple of years ago and it was intense you know it was <laughs> it was uh it was suspenseful for uh the the week the week leading up to it you know because we had because you never know i uh, as much as we love this project, as much as we had such a great time making it, and we really love and put all of our hearts into this movie, you never know how it's going to go over. You know, you you never know what how well it's going to do, what reviews of it are going to be like, or anything. So, you know, we had our fingers crossed, and with the last few days since it was released on Friday the response has been really good. We've had, you know, all these people tweeting out their thoughts on the movie, writing to us, uh, watching the movie as well. And it's been, it's been really, really cool to see people have so much fun watching the movie and, and really, really digging it and really, uh, and, and mentioning a lot of the stuff we were, kind of making fun of in the movie and a lot of the different points that we had in the film. That's, that's been really cool. That's, you know, really all you can ask for. <laughs> when it comes to uh, moving of, of either digital or DVD, which one are you seeing a higher, uh, higher selling point of which media? Well, definitely on, definitely on demand um, because people want to watch it right then and there. Um DVDs, we, we still like doing DVDs, uh, and the DVD has done really well for the movie. Um, we still really like doing DVDs because, you know, people are, you know, still collectors. They like collecting the hard copy of the movie, especially if they have the first Cinema Snob movie, which at the time was only on DVD. Uh, people have the Jesus Bro DVD, but, you know, when you order the DVD, you got to wait however long before the DVD arrives. And a lot of people just want to buy it then and there so they can just automatically watch it and have the digital copy of the movie. Um, so on demand, uh, on, on demand usually does, does better for us. DVD is also good to have too, because we like doing conventions and people like, of course, buying the hard copy of the movie at convention so they can get it, so they can get it autographed. Plus the DVD has got the commentary tracks. Is the commentary track the only thing that's different from the video on demand release, or are there deleted scenes or a making of or anything like that? The making of we made public on YouTube. We put four commentary tracks on the DVD. Uh, there's a commentary track with myself and the movie's director, Ryan Mitchelly. There's a commentary track with uh, our cast, uh, Tamara Chambers, Doug Walker, and Rob Walker. And there's one with Ray Villarreal and Corey Goodwin, who are also in the movie. So we tried loading it with, with uh, different commentary tracks from there. If we, if we end up doing way further on down the line, 
because uh, Blu-ray is way different. Blu-ray is like an investment that you kind of got to manufacture and sell out yourself, and we don't really and sell yourself, but we don't really have the manpower for that. So I don't know if that would uh, be somewhere down in the future, but if it is on Blu-ray, you can certainly fit a lot more extras on there. One of the things I noticed when I watched the movie in comparison to the original film, even though they're very yeah. day, is the, the level of cinematography. What can you tell me about your, uh, uh, your cast or your crew that was responsible for making this movie look so pretty? Yeah, that was when we uh, when we made this movie, we were all kind of like, man, I wish we had this budget on the first movie because um, this one had a wildly higher budget than the first movie did. The first movie, it was really just it was us making it like it was still Ryan Mitchell is the director and I wrote the script, but it was just our small group like you know uh, Sarah Gobble who was in the first movie there'd be days where she'd be holding the boom mic uh there may be days where uh David Gobble who's on my site and was in the first movie he's got a cameo in this too like maybe he'd be running camera if Ryan was in front of the camera with this we used a lot of the same crew with Jesus Bro and AJ Young who is our cinematographer on this one and our cinematographer on Jesus Bro he really relished in working on this film because with Jesus Bro we styled it to look like a pure flicks movie which aren't known for their cinematography <laughs> um you know we colored it like a like a pure flicks movie it was shot that way it was shot to, to mimic those kind of films this one uh you know he could really we just, you know, let him go and let him really show his strengths as a cinematographer, which he did. We wanted to make it look really cinematic, especially with all of the, the landscapes in the movie. The fact a lot of it's outdoors, a lot of it's a road movie. And then when you get in these really colorful sequences, like the part where they end up in the clown museum, uh, you know, he could really have fun with all the different, the lighting, the colors, the mood and everything. And it was it was a real blessing when the snow happened too. <laughs> um, <laughs> we weren't expecting that. Like three days into the shoot, suddenly there was a big snowstorm, which was not in the forecast. And then it became a wintertime movie. And a lot of, you know, there were certainly meetings, really quick meetings about us talking like, well, do we just shoot the interiors now and bring the crew back later? Or do we continue as a winter movie? And if we had waited and shot it later, it would have added even more so to the budget. But with that now, AJ, he could like kind of go all like Fargo or Coen brothers in his head <laughs> and really play around with uh, all these very snowy scenes in the movie. I thought it was really cool. I thought it gave the movie a really, really unique look. Like, you don't really expect a movie like this to be a very snowy wintertime movie. So I thought I, it really was kind of a blessing, I think. I mean, it certainly added to the production cost, but it was – it, it was cool that the, this movie really does kind of have a unique look to it when in compared to other movies we've done and other uh, internet movies as well. And you had, <clears throat> you had poor Tamara in a skirt in the snow. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> how, how well did that go down with that actress? You know, Oh, she was 
a trooper. Oh my god. Because I mean, yeah, she she had it of of the actors, she she had it the worst. Uh the crew was out there the whole time. I mean, they had it really bad out there in the cold because they were always out there. The actors, we could go we we could go inside when we weren't on camera, but when we were out there and everything like we were cold, but we weren't doing a lot of complaining because one, it's like a poor camera right there. <laughs> and it was freezing, but you know what? Like we all had fun, you know, we all saw the humor in the situation. We were all making ourselves laugh. We were all, you know, saying jokes about <laughs> the cold weather and everything. And whenever they would say cut, we would rush over to Tamara with like coats and jackets and she'd have them over her lap and everything. And we were, uh, we'd, we'd all worked together before. Many of us have been friends for a, a decade. And um, the crew, you know, we'd worked with before too. So we were all, it was like a big family there. Like, yeah, it was, it was freezing, but we were all like, oh, this is work. It's our job. And we got a pretty cool job. <laughs> Was it a conscious decision to put Tamara through so much hell in the movie? I mean, her character goes through quite a lot. She seems to be the one that, that is on the receiving end of so much of the abuse. Was that just... It was, was part it... of... Uh, <laughs> I guess someone mentioned on Twitter earlier where it's like, I think it's Tamara's trademark now that she gets covered in blood and everything that she's in. Um I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. It was really to kind of show, to lead that character. Tamara Chambers in the movie plays a character named Shelley Song, who's a up-and-coming, like, she's, she's really trying to get into the YouTube game as a musical vlogger. So she, she doesn't really have any experience in the YouTube or the internet community or anything like that. So she is just this very, when you first see her in the movie and then throughout a lot of it as well, you see her as this bright, optimistic character who sees the world and sunshine and rainbows and doesn't and has no idea about like a, a darker side of the internet so for that character to kind of reach a breaking point where they just snap yeah like there's there's a number of like dramatic things that happen to this character throughout the film <laughs> like she's got a we're in the farmhouse at that one point and she has to like kill her own dinner and uh with these hillbilly cannibals and it reaches a point to this character where later in the film she's just all straight up like i just want to sing i just want to be happy on the internet and i just want to sing <laughs> <laughs> But meanwhile, like, you know, the bad stuff that's happening, my character or Rob Walker's character or Corey Goodwin's character, we've been in the shit for over like 10 years. So <laughs> for us, it's, it's for our characters, it's, you know, <laughs> bad shit happening to us is kind of a normal day. <laughs> uh, there's quite a number of uh, of deep cuts as far as uh, jokes or in-jokes. Um, mm -hmm. Are there any in particular that you felt were uh, the best? Uh, the best in jokes. Uh, you know, the movie, it, uh, it really, 
you'll if you're on the internet a lot and you watch this movie, there will be little jokes and things that were satirizing in the movie, um, namely ego and uh, mob mentality and outrage culture and things like that. You you see that uh, you see parodies of that and parallels of that throughout the movie. Uh, for instance, the movie starts out with these two characters, my character, uh, Craig Golightly, who's been doing YouTube for like 12 years, and the the director in the movie, played by Rob Walker, who plays a character named Neil Hall, and the two of them have made this movie uh, at the beginning of the film, and they're debuting – they're debuting their original film uh, that's based off of the internet character in the movie. And it goes over poorly because you can tell when you're watching uh, the fake movie within the movie that (laughs) it's this total vanity project that he's done. It is the product of somebody who's been working online a long time and and has probably just seen a lot of compliments come his way. So he's sort of built up this narcissism over time, this, this ego that, you know, clearly he can do no wrong. He can put out this product and it'll go over totally fine. And then it blows up in their face and the character kind of has to be humbled throughout the film. Um, So we were, we were having fun with uh, making that fake movie where it was sort of like, what if the first cinema snob movie was just a total like, self-congratulating vanity project (laughs) that for no reason is in outer space um like we were trying to make it like kind of like a the fake movie like a stereotypical internet movie and but meanwhile you have uh this uh character uh played by Corey goodwin who plays a twitch gamer named bricycle who's uh going through a controversy because he went on a tirade against circus freaks (laughs) (laughs) so it's we had a lot of fun really (laughs) parodying like characters trying to kind of rebuild their career a little bit after like a massive like outrage wave has happened (laughs) it was fun satirizing that like him going off on this rant about like the circus and everything um Ironically, I hope that's not what happens in real life. <laughs> like suddenly we get angry messages from like <laughs> from like circus freaks or something. Like I didn't even know that was still a thing at the circus. Well, uh, where I'm from, uh, Tampa, just south of us, is uh, Gibsonton, which is yeah. the retirement home of of many uh, circus performers and sideshow. Nice. So oh, I will cool. make sure that I never promote this film down that way. <laughs> Oh, great. I stepped in it again. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're good people. They're not going to give a fuck. But just so oh, you know, sure. just don't, yeah. do a, do, don't do a promotional tour down here in Gibson. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, the movie is, I mean, it's written as satire. It's written as parody. Like, the funniest thing about it to me is that, like, when you see the character Bricycle in the movie go on this rant on his show it, it's while he's doing a let's play bible adventures and it's mm-hmm. funny because it's like how did this conversation even come up <laughs> how did this rant even start did somebody just ask him about this in the chat <laughs> it's almost like I, the pathos of every every um uh, crisis that that an internet personality like 
comes across. It's just out of nowhere, in the middle of, apropos of nothing at all, they suddenly just make this one oopsie, and <laughs> yeah. it all comes crashing down just because of one or two comments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like, the, through the movie, he's trying to, like, sort of get his reputation back because i mean the movie is about these four characters of different statures online um each going through kind of something different like craig and neil have to face the fact that they made a total bomb and bricycle is like trying hard to find like a form of redemption (laughs) um and which can be hard nowadays Mm. um meanwhile you have tamara's character who just you know she she wants to do her music and she's very optimistic about being in this so you have these four characters all at different points in their life and different things that they're going through in their career going on this cross-country trip together in the hopes that you know kind of like Wizard of Oz, you know, that the wizard at the end of this is going to fix everything. And in the case of this movie, it's my character's dad, who's played by Lloyd Kaufman, who in the movie, he plays a, uh, in the movie, he plays a, a network executive. That that scene involving uh, Lloyd was very, very dark. Was there a particular reason why that was shot in such a low light? Yes, uh, we wanted to make it very ominous. We wanted to make it very, we wanted to really drive the point home that this character that Lloyd Kaufman plays in it, this TV executive who produced all of these shows in the 70s and, you know, was kind of at the height of his career, of his TV producing career in the 80s, that he's kind of this, this relic. So when Craig goes in there, you almost get this vibe that, this is kind of what he does. He just kind of comes and sits in this dark office because he doesn't really know much about what people are into in the modern day, but he is still a powerful enough person that he, he still does have a bit of power. You know, he still comes into work and everything, but he's just kind of isolated by himself and the world's kind of gotten away from him a little bit. Uh, in the original mm-hmm. script, it was a lot more abstract it was a lot weirder and darker in the original script, but in the original script, it was like the tone got really dark and we were like, Oh, maybe we should kind of fix some of this for a little bit. Um, but that was, that was a really great scene issue. Cause that scene was shot uh, like a few months after uh, principal photography ended. We all got the crew back and everything to shoot uh, the Lloyd scene, which we did, uh, in early June, I believe we shot that scene. And I was worried at first because I was like, there's, if you've seen the first movie, you might notice that my weight fluctuates a lot in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's scenes where I'm kind of, where I'm bigger. And then there's scenes where I'm really skinny because the movie took a handful of months to make. And that was when I was losing a lot of weight. Um, in I was worried about that with this because I was thinking back to that. I was like, I was like, I have been eating a lot of fast food here lately. I hope there's not a sudden change with me in this scene. When I put the suit on, because I had a, the suit that I wear in the movie isn't the one that I wear on the show. The one I wear on the show is way too big for me, but it doesn't matter because I'm just sitting there on the show the whole time. So I got like a specifically tailored suit for this movie. And when we shot the Lloyd scene, 
when I put the suit on and it fit just fine, I was like, okay, good. <laughs> there's a, uh, there's a little bit of sequel baiting in a way at the end of the movie. I'm not going to give it away. Uh, yeah. The, the scene I'm talking about, but are there plans in action for another, another cinema snob movie? I would, uh, are you talking about the post credit scene? Yeah. Yeah, that that was just shot uh, the day on the the uh, set when we were shooting uh, when we were shooting the cannibal family scene. Uh, I think is when they shot that. That that wasn't in the script. That was a little joke that uh, Ryan and AJ, the cinematographer, they were like, "Oh, we got this funny idea." So they grabbed Tamara real quick while some other crew were doing some other things, and they just shot this quick post credit scene. Um, <laughs> It's, it wasn't in the script at all. It was just kind of just like a little joke there at the end. I, but I would love to do a third movie. It wouldn't tie into what that post-credit scene is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, maybe a passing reference if I was to do a, a third movie. But if this movie continues to do really well, which so far it has, that's something we would really, really like to do. I would really love to have you know, the further adventures of, of these characters in particular, you know, uh, the, the, uh, uh, Rob and, uh, my character, the Craig and Neil characters, like what would be, you know, the movie they would make, they would make next. And I would love for it to be like an old school 3d movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> like in the eighties, how every third part was in 3d. Um, Amityville 3D and Friday the yeah. 13th 3D and yeah, Jaws 3D. Yeah, I would, I would oh, really, God. really, I would really love to do that. Um, but, but I love the uh, the Bricycle and Shelley characters so much that I would also try to find a way to bring them back, to bring them back too, uh, to have them be part of the plot as as well. Um, because those were those were two really fun characters, and Corey and Tamara are just so good in the movie. I mean, they they walk away with whole scenes in the film, and we just loved shooting with them. It was our first time working with uh, Corey Goodwin, and he was a blast on set. Tamara is just uh, always a joy to have uh, to have on set for everything. Same with. Uh, Rob Walker and Doug Walker who have been, you know, two of my best friends for, you know, over 10 years now. Uh, we're all, uh, you know, we're all, we're all like family and it was, and that's what's so cool about doing, doing a movie like this. And plus a lot of us have worked together before. So, you know, we can always bounce off of each other really well in a lot of these scenes. Uh, something that uh, I wanted to ask because I have uh, experience doing it too. I work with my wife on a lot of projects. Uh, yeah. How is it working with your wife on camera? Oh, it was great. Um, because we worked together on a movie that I directed a year or so ago called Disco. And um, she was having a lot of fun. Like she was, uh, this movie and Disco were two wildly different shoots. <laughs> Um, no shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's a difference of about six figures in the budget there. Um, she was in disco a lot more. Uh, she's one of the main characters in that movie. But in this, uh, before we shot, like she was like, 
uh, she was like, oh, I hope I do really well because this one's got a whole crew and everything, and there's a giant budget, and there was no crew on Disco. <laughs> Disco, it was me holding the camera. <laughs> but she she was hilarious. Like, she uh, she really got into her part, and and she had – she had fun with it and you know was had a good rapport with you know everyone she was acting opposite of um i think it was funny on set because she was uh um she's a vegetarian um and she's playing a a, like a redneck cannibal in this movie and the part in the movie where we're all sitting around like eating this big thing of ribs she's just looking down at all the plates just just going like god (laughs) reacting as if it was like a human rib cage uh i noticed like one of the funniest uh parts of the film was when the the waitress is talking about virginia's meatloaf i think that was one of the best lines uh do you have any particular part of the film that you think is your favorite yes the fake movie um <laughs> god i love the fake movie um because we're laughing on set we're going like how did craig and neil think this would go over well <laughs> and i'm going like well craig's got a big of an, a bit of an ego at this point and the neil character is just drunk um so i like it's just a mixture of a lot of different bad things <laughs> But that was fun. Isn't, isn't that... it kind of the bane of most internet <laughs> movies? It's it's kind of the the epitome of what those actually turn out to be. <laughs> Pretty much, that's what we were satirizing with uh with that with that fake movie. Uh, so what the and what the fake movie is is it's the first movie, but if it were like a stereotypical internet movie, because the. We went back because in the first movie, it starts out with my character who has long hair and a beard, and it's to, they're trying to make this movie and they're trying to get in with this film club or this film commission in order to get permits. And that's how the fake movie starts with me and this ridiculously fake beard that was even faker than the one in the first movie. Um, and we went back to the same spot to shoot uh, the opening scene with, with me and Ryan. And that was fun to shoot, too, because I was like, man, this is surreal. It's like seven years ago again. <laughs> uh, and did so, you find any – go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, did, did you find any part of the movie particularly cathartic for yourself? Ah, uh, cathartic. Um, no. Uh, I mean, no, I mean, it was, it was fun, you know, kind of mocking the ups and downs of internet culture. Cause I mean, that's, and YouTube culture, like, uh, cause that's what the movie, uh, is that, that that's why it's way different than the first movie. Cause the first movie didn't have anything to do with the internet at all. The first movie is taking place before this character even starts even considering doing something on YouTube. Um, and now this, which is probably taking place about 12 years later in movie time, um, this we were able to parody a, a, a lot more about uh, internet characters, uh, YouTube personalities, YouTube culture, things like that. We were able to do that a lot more with this. We did a little bit in Jesus Bro, too, because uh, in Jesus Bro, the main character was also a, an internet personality. Um 
so yeah, that that was it was uh, when Ryan made the uh, fake chat for when the bicycle character is live streaming later in the movie with Rob. Um, I was I got a real kick out of that. Ryan did a great job putting that together. Like the first thing you see on the chat is some guy going first, and then my character pops up on there talking about. Shelly has been kidnapped by these clowns and over the chat to see like uh like is that the cinema snob? Oh my god, is this a crossover? <laughs> Ryan did a great job Cl- with that. <laughs> clowns. Why clowns? I love clown movies, man. Um <laughs> I do I love I love creepy clowns. Um I love creepy clowns. I love uh you know, clown horror movies and all that stuff. So I'd always wanted to do something like that. I'd always wanted to have clowns somewhere and something. And with this, when we were in the note stage and we were bouncing back and forth, uh, when we were bouncing back and forth, different ideas for it and everything, different things that could happen to them on their trip. I'm like, dude, clown museum. (laughs) Cause like that would be good, and, and like we we knew that AJ our cinematographer our cinematographer would have a lot of fun with that too, because uh, in making this creepy clown museum with this circus performer and all these creepy clowns, with the cinematography and the lighting, they could really really play around with that and make it like dark and simultaneously colorful. Um, so uh, we 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 knew that that would look really really cool on on film uh where uh can people get a hold of the uh movie uh you can get it at cinemasnobmovie.com and over at cinemasnobmovie.com you can purchase it on dvd and you can also get it on there on vimeo on demand if you get it vimeo on 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 demand you can watch it uh then and there um if you just use paypal uh, the Vimeo on demand takes uh, takes PayPal, um, but yeah, it's over at uh, cinemasnobmovie.com.